Hey everybody, this is Justin from FrugalSnobs.com. Today is Saturday, July 4th, 2015. Happy 4th of July, Independence Day to everyone here uh, in the U.S. And I wish everyone a safe holiday and hope you're enjoying your holiday weekend. So, before we get into the show today, let me explain a couple of things before we jump into uh, our kickoff of what's been going on this week and then get into the bulk of our topic today. So, Originally, everybody, as I said before, I tend to record portions of uh, each and every show, each and every week, uh, in different segments in many cases. So I might record uh, an intro to a podcast before an interview. I may also record a QBR, one of the quick brew reviews that I've discussed previously, um, as a separate part to the main body of the show. And then I stitch them together in post before they go online for everyone's listening enjoyment. Um, Unfortunately, yesterday was also one of these days where I recorded... Um, a part of a show, and I'm now actually re-recording now all as one um, mass part or one main part uh, due to an issue we had with Eric Johnson, um, our guest uh, this weekend. Unfortunately, uh, Eric was not able to join us at this point. So we're going to move on from Eric from now, and um, we're going to go ahead and line up uh, some additional guests moving forward. I have some details on that coming up as part of the show today. Pardon me, folks. I had to clear my throat a bit. I'm just going to take a sip of a very nice Starbucks Bold Roast, which I'll get to in a second as well. It's one of my stories on today's show. Ah, delicious. Very strong as well. So, a very busy week this week uh, here in Northern Virginia. Had a very productive work week. Um, got a lot of material, a lot of activity covered in only four days. So, had a lot of uh, tight squeezes this week in terms of my work week. Getting things done, though. Actually enjoyed yesterday as well as a day off. Uh, on July 3rd. Really enjoyed my time. Went to go see my uh, doctor for a, a quick checkup. All's going well there, folks. Um, also went out for some good Chinese yesterday, and I had a chance to take in a movie. So yesterday went out, took a look, and checked out um, Terminator Genesis. It was actually a pretty decent movie. Uh, for anybody who is an enthusiast of the, the Terminator uh, anthology, the Terminator storyline, the classic storyline, I should say, Uh, This particular film was very interesting, and without spoiling the plot for everybody, for those who are still going to see the film, I would suggest that if you're into the the Terminator saga, that you do check out the first Terminator from 1984, I believe, as well as the second Terminator, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, just as a set of refresher films for this film. Um, Very interesting interpretation of the Terminator storyline with this latest installment in the Terminator series. You'll often hear it called or referred to as Terminator 5, but it is Terminator Genesis. And it does mark Arnold Schwarzenegger's return to the big screen after his run as governor of California. So, really good job by Arnold. Um, Really interesting uh, twist on the the storyline and the timeline for the Terminator universe, so to speak. And um, really nice to see Arnold back on screen reprising his role as the T-800, Cyberdyne Systems Model 101. Really good film. And I suggest everyone check it out. So that was really nice to uh, take that in yesterday. All right. So as always, um, I do have a story this week as well, uh, once we hit the bulk of the show. But I wanted to cover a little bit of business uh, before we move into the show today. Um, A lot of busy activity going on for Frugal Snobs as well. So as I mentioned last week, uh, you can check out this particular show each and every single week for absolutely free on iTunes. Uh, That is still the case. We're seeing some traction uh, via the iTunes media player on our web analytics, so really looking forward to seeing some additional traffic there. Really excited about uh, 
moving forward with our relationship with Apple and being part of the iTunes store and the iTunes uh, community. So we're looking forward uh, to what the future holds there. Also, <clears throat> as I mentioned last week, the Amazon links that I had mentioned uh, actually are now online. Now, last week I mentioned that um, the original approach that we were going to take with the Amazon links as, as associates to Amazon uh, was that you were going to be able to go to the frugalsnobs.com site and be able to navigate uh, the site, find the generic Amazon link, simply click on those, and you'd be able to shop on Amazon using our affiliate link or our associate link, buy the products that you normally buy uh, through Amazon using a standard account or a Prime account, and in the process, you'd be able to help us out as Amazon would be kicking back a few ducats or a few bucks back to uh, the, cover the production costs of this show with your purchases that you normally make via Amazon. So in terms of the approach we originally uh, attempted, um, uh, the approach didn't exactly work out <clears throat> excuse me, as we uh, anticipated, um, but it's a bit enhanced. So let me explain how the Amazon relationship will actually now work um, in terms of being able to shop on Amazon and help us out in the process for the Frugal Snobs podcast. So actually, when you go online at this point and you navigate to the frugalsnobs.com homepage, <clears throat> you'll be able to search for products on Amazon by using an Amazon search that you can find right on the homepage. You will search for your product choice. Pardon me, I had to take a sip of coffee there. You'll search for your product of choice and from there the product will appear in a results window right in line on the frugalsnobs.com homepage. Uh, you'll be able to click on your product of choice. You'll then be taken to an Amazon landing page. However, that landing page that you arrive at on Amazon We'll actually already have our parameterized or our set associate link taken care of for you. You can then move forward with your purchase, again, with your standard Amazon or Prime account. Purchase your item and in the process, help us out. So while we were under the impression that we would be able to uh, take care of the links really generically on the site, it's actually better for us to use a search from Amazon. Worked out a little bit better in the process for us, and we're hoping that it works out better for you and your user experience uh, when you use our Amazon associate link. Uh, via the frugalsnobs.com homepage. So go check that out as well. And again, it helps us out in the process. Now, in addition to that, uh, with the Amazon links, you'll also be able to not only review products that we, of course, produce posts for each and every single week as part of our content, but on many of the posts moving forward, you're actually going to have an embedded link provided on the post that will allow you to purchase a reviewed product directly on Amazon. And also, again, it includes our associate link with Amazon, allows you to buy that product and help us out in the process. Again, seamless shopping for you and more information for you from us on the products that you buy and enjoy via Amazon. So go check that out. You help us out in the process. <clears throat> so I apologize for my voice this week, everyone, having a bit of a sore throat, a little bit of a scratchy throat this week. That uh, might be the weather. It's been a bit rainy, a bit humid here in Northern Virginia. Also unseasonably cool. Um, this morning I woke up to mid-60s temperatures and it's really only in the mid-70s right now uh, here in Alexandria. So it's very uncharacteristically cool for the middle of uh, summer. Basically we're into July now. Uh, so I do apologize for my voice. I'll be drinking a lot of this wonderful Starbucks bowl roast um, as we th go throughout the show today. <clears throat> so, all right. So Taking care of the Amazon situation, also took in a movie yesterday, took care of a, a little bit of a, of a nicety and getting some Chinese food yesterday, actually having the time to go out and take care of that. Uh, so let's go ahead and kick into the bulk of the show today, and I've also, as always, got a quick brew review for you, and also a really good story. So, um, 
Before we get into the bulk of the show, I did want to, of course, remind everyone that you can check out this podcast each and every single week for absolutely free on iTunes. So check us out at the Frugal Snobs Podcast on iTunes. You can easily search for the podcast and subscribe directly from within iTunes. And again, it helps us out. That is absolutely free. You'll also find us on the Blueberry Network and directly online at podcasts.frugalsnobs.com. That's podcasts with an S, plural, .frugalsnobs.com. Um, we're also, of course, as I said, on the Blueberry Network, and we're also applying to be part of the Stitcher community as well. That's S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R.com. Uh, A lot of really good podcasts there, including the BBC, 60 Minutes, uh, the Financial Times, uh, ABC News, I believe, also has a set of podcasts there as well. So we're looking forward to potentially joining the Stitcher community, but I'll give more information as we move forward. Now, of course, in the standard uh, blogosphere, you can find us at frugalsnobs.com. You can find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash frugalsnobs or at frugalsnobs on Facebook. You can find us at facebook.com slash frugalsnobs. And you can also find us on Tumblr at frugalsnobs.tumblr.com. As always, you can get in touch by sending an email to contact at frugalsnobs.com or filling in the contact form uh, at frugalsnobs.com. You'll find the link there in the navigation menu to contact, and you can easily contact us, leave us your feedback. You can also request to be a potential guest on the podcast, which I'll have some additional details on here shortly as well. And we've also seen a lot of traction from StumbleUpon as well for the project. We're looking forward to that, and uh, really looking forward to that relationship with StumbleUpon that we have also. So I've said quite a bit. Apparently this coffee is working really, really well today. So I have a lot on my mind and I have a lot of things to cover today. And I also want to talk about our situation with Eric Johnson as well. And I also have a story. So uh, to get to the situation with Eric Johnson, um, unfortunately Eric could not join us this week. We reached out to Eric a couple of times this week. We sent him a set of questions as well as prep for today's interview. We were going to perform a Skype interview with Eric and my intention was to record an intro for this show yesterday, uh, stitch that together with the bulk of the interview today, wrap that up with a QBR, or a quick brew review, uh, for the Giacomo IPA, which I enjoyed on Thursday night, but I'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, but unfortunately, Eric cannot join us, and again, we need to move on from Eric at this point. We've tried reaching out to him several times, spoke to him via telephone a couple of times. He really seemed excited. But again, it's very difficult to reach Eric. I tried to reach Eric yesterday. He was unreachable. So we're going to go ahead and move on. We may have Eric Johnson on at a future time. um, But from this point forward, we're going to be looking for other guests to move on uh, to. And again, we wish Eric, of course, all the best at uh, Expanse Financial uh, down in Bradenton, Florida. And again, Eric, uh, we hope that you'll be on the show uh, at some time uh, in the future. So... That's all right. Um, yesterday's uh, recording actually went really well, and I'll, I'll go ahead and talk about a couple of points that I wanted to make on, on the show. Um, I've also wrapped some additional content in today's show. So the show this week was initially meant to be a rewind on previous episodes, uh, combining the episodes and the topics that we covered in the myths of being broke as well as being wealthy, um, as well as the habits that keep you broke and keep you wealthy into really a single uh, show and talking to Eric. But... Alas, that did not happen. So today I've decided to revamp the show <coughs> excuse me, and discuss a number of different items around financial planning and financial management. Um, and we have a few tools out there that I'd like to discuss today that are going to help you out. And again, we're always reachable at contact at frugalsnobs.com. We do what we can to help everyone out, live better lives. You work hard for what you have. And um, again, we really look forward to helping out everybody either with this show or with the content that we produce each and every single week at frugalsnobs.com. Uh, speaking of that, there's a number of new reviews that are out uh, this week. We've been very, very busy. 
uh, with reviews, so please do go check out the reviews at frugalsnobs.com. Click under the latest reviews um, menu item on the homepage, and you will actually be taken to our latest items. We have a number of blog posts going out uh, weekly, number of posts going out daily, and we're just trying to fit it all in, folks. We have a lot going on, so really looking forward to the future for the project. So, um, one of those items that I've also sent out today, we're going to talk about here in just a second. So, in today's show, uh, we're going to talk about some different items around financial planning, different topics, and also around investments, real estate, a uh, number of tools that are out there that are freely available to help you online. And again, I'll also discuss my own philosophy on financial management as well. So, as a frugal snob, um, we always do what we can to, of course, as we always say, be well and never pay retail. Uh, be well, of course, is the, the premise of that. It's not just not paying retail, it's being well. So, and one of the ways that you should always treat yourself is treat yourself well when it comes down to your financial future. Uh, you work very hard for your money. You always try to save what you can, spend the least you can, optimize the most, get the most utility out of things. I've said that a number of uh, times on a number of different episodes of this show, and I'll keep saying it. So um, when it comes down to, to investment and really watching your money, um, I've always told everyone that, that you are in full control of your financial future. Just like I said, when it comes down to negotiating and borrowing uh, money to finance and leverage yourself, you're in full control of your, your investing future and your financial future. So let's talk about a few areas where you might be able to get some help um, and change your habits around managing your finances a bit better and really managing the utility you get out of the finances that you have a bit better. So... One of the ways I'd like to help everyone do that is by using a, a really nice little budgeting uh, application that I threw together on a previous project that is actually now available at frugalsnobs.com slash budget.htm. Again, that's frugalsnobs.com slash budget, B-U-D-G-E-T dot H-T-M. Uh, actually, when you go there, you're actually going to find a web-based budget. It's a pretty neat little budget. And unlike using a spreadsheet to fill in a budget for expenses, it's really done on a monthly basis, and it's a set number of items on the budget. And there are actually two columns there. There's an expense column and an income column. You'll be able to enter information on the budget, and the budget actually breaks down your monthly expenses based on the income you enter. There's four income slots there for you. There's, uh, it's designed for two pay, main pay periods, maybe some extra income as well. There's four slots there. And you'll have a number of predefined expenses that you can simply enter information into, calculate your budget using the app. And from there, uniquely, what it will do is the budget also provides you with a breakdown of your expenses, not only based on percentage of your total expenses, but also on a percentage of your total income. So, for example, <laughs> let's say that your expenses are $2,000 a month. Let's say that housing is, let's say, 60% of those expenses. My budget utility, what it will do is it will provide you with that information but also, based on the income information you enter, it's going to tell you that housing is not only 60% of your total expenses for the month, it's also going to tell you what percentage of your income housing actually takes up for you after taxes as well. So, really nice little tool out there. You can also take your budget on a monthly basis. You can also print, whether it be to a, a local wireless printer. You can also save your budget as well for future reference. Um, I'm also working on setting up a database-driven engine in the back end, and it will allow you to log in and view your historical budgets as well over time and provide you stats moving forward. So I'm building this utility. It's a pretty neat little little tool right now. I use it each and every single month. So go check that out. Really has one item to help you manage your finances a bit better. So uh, I just put that up this morning. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> so in addition to creating a budget for yourself, one of the ways that um, 
You can also leverage your utility is, of course, through investing. Now, there's a number of different methods for investing out there. A number of certified financial planners will tell you a, a number of different stories as to why you should invest a certain way or invest your money with them. Again, these types of folks, these financial professionals, also take commission on their, on their effort. They also, in some cases, take fees or hourly fees for their effort. Why should you give someone else your money? It's your future. Why shouldn't you manage it yourself? Right? So and be very careful when investing, whether you have a 401k or an IRA for your retirement, uh, whether you're investing in real estate, which I think is a very interesting investment, but also a risky investment depending on market area, um, or, of course, in the market. Now, if you're investing in the stock market or an, or an indexed fund, be very careful. I mean, I myself have invested in the market. I still have an active portfolio doing pretty well. And the way that I look at it is it is a calculated risk environment. And what I mean by that is in many cases, you're going to have a number of different investment instruments to choose from, particularly in the stock market. You're going to have a number of different indices. You're also going to have a number of different sectors to choose from. Now, I myself, being in technology, I tend to gravitate toward the large tech firms, Google, Apple, Amazon, LinkedIn, um, companies of that nature. Now, of course, these particular uh, stocks in the technology sector are not for everyone. Um, they're very pricey in many cases. Uh, I myself was very fortunate to take advantage of the 7-for-1 stock split at Apple. So I was able to make some decent profit on a sell-off and then also gain some additional momentum on my existing shares, which I still hold in Apple. Um, so do keep in mind that these particular investment instruments, particularly in the tech sector, if they're rocketing up to the top of their uh, their sector, they are not for everyone. They are highly uh, pricey, but the returns can be astronomical. Now, on the other side of that with investing in the stock market, keep in mind that you could lose quite a bit as well. You need to be able to stomach the loss with the gains, right? In a given day, let's say that you're investing a decent amount of money, you could gain hundreds or even thousands or ten thousands of dollars in a day or with a single trade. Um, I think that for many people out there, there are people out there, there are brokers, there are investors who make that much money in a given day or on a trade. It really does happen. And it happens to normal folks who invest well as well. But at the same time, you can also lose quite a bit in a given trade or on a given day. So always do keep that in mind. Be mindful, be careful when it comes down to stock investing. I always tell people, <laughs> never be willing to invest any amount that you're not willing to immediately lose. If you're not willing to literally write that check for, let's say, $10,000 that you want to invest, if you're not willing to write that check that moment and literally light it on fire as if that money doesn't exist, or to take $10,000 in liquid cash in U.S. currency or euros or whatever your given currency for liquid exchange is, if you are not willing to literally light that stack of funds on fire and lose it immediately, immediately, without any, without any regret, any, any sort of remorse, then investing in the stock market is not for you. You have to be able to stomach the losses to be able to take advantage and manage the gains that you make. So keep that in mind. Okay? All right. <clears throat> so we've talked about using a budgeting utility. I've put one out there for everyone. Or you can create your own budget. I think it's very important. And your budget should also be realistic. We've talked about investing as well. Um, in the same vein, also, when it comes down to managing your day-to-day -day finances, typically using a bank account, um, it's always a really good idea to understand how your banking uh, institution works. So, for example, does your banking institution provide free checking? Does it provide interest-based checking? Does it provide 
um, a nice transfer rate between a checking or savings account and a brokerage account. Um, your money should always be seamless and always be transparent to you and heavily secure against others who might be willing to to be advantageous, take it from you or make any other uh, really poor decisions with your funds. So always understand your bank, trust your bank, trust your financial institution. I've said before that banks are usually never in the business of helping you, whether it be as a lender or as an institution. They are not. They are businesses at the end of the day. And many of the banks in this country, especially not only regional banks, but large national banks and holders of uh, instruments in foreign currencies, etc., those types of institutions are also companies. They're publicly traded. They're also traded on stock exchanges. So remember, investor welfare tends to be uh, the premise of most of the management at these firms and also shareholder wealth is also at the target point for many of these organizations. So you as a customer don't exactly matter if you're not a shareholder. So keep that in mind. Always keep that in mind when it comes down to your bank. Now, I myself um, have recommended Charles Schwab Bank to a number of folks. I love Schwab. That's S-C-H-W-A-B, Schwab, Schwab Schwab.com, is the website for them. Go check them out and their instruments. Um, They have some really good advantageous accounts. They also have free ATM refunds. So you can use any ATM in the country, um, and you'll also get any of the funds that you pay or the fees that you pay at the ATM back at the end of the month without any questions asked. They also have really nice brokerage options for you and seamless transfer of funds between your brokerage account and your savings or checking account. Uh, The checking account is also interest-bearing with Schwab. And again, you won't pay for additional uh, paper checks um, and many of the other banking services that many institutions um, require that you pay for or pay fees for or service maintenance fees. There's none of that with Schwab. So uh, this is not a plug for Schwab. They are not a sponsor of this show. I just wanted to point out that Schwab is actually a really good institution. And it's actually a very good institution for those who are really um, virtual banking. What I mean by that is banking without the need for a physical branch. Uh, Schwab has a number of investment centers across the country where you can do some limited banking, perform some limited banking transactions, and have some of those services provided for you. But if you're not one who has to go to a bank often, you may want to consider one of the uh, virtual environments or one of the online banks like Schwab Bank um, or PNC also, I believe, has some online services as well for virtual banking. CIT Bank, C-I-T-B-A-N-K.com, uh, also has some really good services as well. Very interesting out there. Ally Bank is another where you can take a look at some of the virtual services they offer. But for those who aren't keen on always having to go to a bank, just simply needing to get your cash from an ATM, uh, having a simple direct deposit method or model, uh, very easy to do. Check out Schwab.com or any of the other virtual options out there. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised as to what they offer. And again, interest-bearing checking accounts, really nice brokerage options, no ATM fees. Go check them out. Uh, Might help you out as well, save you quite a bit on some of those banking fees that you might be paying with another bank. Uh, perhaps maybe service fees or maintenance fees or overdraft protection, etc. So go check it out. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, an- another area where I wanted to discuss investing is really in in tangible items, antiques, uh, antiquities, uh, and, uh, precious metals. I mean, things that are tangible. Um, one of the, the 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 drawbacks that I have to investing in in these types of instruments, and that I worry about is really the tangibility or the liquid the, the liquidity of these items. Uh, for example, I, I invest um, quite a bit in precious metals, gold, silver, for example. Um, 
the problem when purchasing these items is it's a very good idea to also get uh, an insurance policy against any theft of these items as well to cover yourself. But one of the, the concerns I often have when it comes down to precious metals or, or uh, commodity-based items or tangible items like antiques or uh, depression glass or any other tangible wealth-gaining instrument is that material items tend to be difficult uh, to liquidate. So, for example, when it comes down to precious metal, you have to take those items to a dealer often. That dealer also takes a commission on the sale of your item. So it's not as liquid, not as easily convertible to liquid cash as you would have when it comes down to bonds or stock, commercial paper, um, or even high-yield or long-term investment accounts or CDs, certificates of deposit. So if you are going to have a diversified portfolio that does include these tangible material items, uh, take care in, in what it is that you're actually investing in and what you're what you're also intending on on flipping or selling these items for. I always tell people when it comes down to investing, you never buy an investment to keep it. Now, long-term investing, everyone says, well, I'm keeping this investment. That is not true. You aren't. At some point, either you or generations after you have every intention of liquidating or selling that resource or that instrument. So you're not keeping it in perpetuity. You are keeping that investment to it such that you keep it to a point to which you find an optimum point of return and you sell it and you transact. Wealth is transferred back to you. As I said before, wealth is never made or lost. It is simply transferred. And that, that instrument is purchased for sale or for future value. So keep that in mind. If you're going to buy something, buy it to sell it. It's a very common saying in real estate as well. Buy to sell. Same thing with any other investment. Buy to sell. You're buying savings bonds even as a potential instrument. If there if are a certain series of bonds, they mature in 30 to 40 years in some cases. You are fully intending when you buy that bond, a basic U.S. government-based Department of the Treasury savings bond, you are buying that bond with the intent of selling it for face value at the time of maturity. You have no intention of keeping that long-term. Now, you certainly can, but there has to be a point where you found an optimum point of return, and you go ahead and convert that investment instrument into a, a different form, whether it be a holding of cash, whether it be an alternate investment instrument. There is some catalyst there that you'll be able to use um, as a means to identify the utility point and the sell point for your item. So again, long, short, buy to sell. So to help you with that, I wanted to throw out a couple of additional financial tools that I have found helpful online. Uh, go check these out as well. Uh, before I mention these particular um, tools, these are not an endorsement of these organizations. They are not paying this show to sponsor them or to read ad copy. They're just some very, very, very interesting tools that we've found that are really helpful um, in your day-to-day -day financial management of your, your own resources. So the first one I'd like to talk about is called uh, Wealthfront. Dot com Really interesting. Wealthfront actually allows you to, to fund an investment account and you simply answer a few questions. You identify a, a portfolio of investments and Wealthfront will actually optimize and invest those funds for you and let, allow you to track your access. So unlike a traditional 401k where you might be investing funds um, into the 401k or getting an employer match and then those funds are invested for you where you can gain or lose money, uh, but you would have to pay a penalty to draw from that 401k. When it comes to Wealthfront, you'll be able to actually have tangible access to your funds and be able to track your progress 
and your gains really in real time. This is not simply similar to an investment portfolio in the stock market. It really gives you tools to help you learn to become a better investor, a more informed investor, and you have the ability to have your funds invested via Wealthfront and tracked via the online tools they have at Wealthfront.com. So if you're looking to getting into investing or looking to learn more about investment instruments without investing as of yet, I suggest checking out Wealthfront.com. Another site that you may want to check out is called personalcapital.com. Again, that's personalcapital.com. Uh, there's some really good uh, tools there. Very similar to, it's a similar method from what I can tell to mint.com for those who are familiar with mint. If not, go check out mint.com. Not bad. Um, gives you a number of different financial tools to help you track your month to month expenses, <coughs> your savings, and really helps you bring all of your financial uh, assets or resources into a single place for management purposes. So check out personalcapital.com if you've got a lot going on. Gives you the ability to use a dashboard utility and track a lot of your uh, various financial resources all in one place. So it's, it's pretty decent as well. Um, another capability for you, for those who are looking at performing um, analysis of your expenses, your monthly budgeting, in addition to the uh, budgeting tool that I'm developing now that I mentioned previously on uh, the show earlier in this episode. Again, you can find that at frugalsnobs.com slash budget.htm. Um, another tool that you may want to take a look at is called Buxfer. That's B-U-X-F-E-R.com. Um, really interesting project allows you to track financial uh, management of your items for all from a single dashboard. Very similar to personal capital, but also a little more simplified for a high-level budgeting capability. Very nice utilities, uh, very nice graphical interface there as well, and provides uh, additional charts and also uh, graphs as well to help you track your month-to-month progress. Again, Buxfer.com to help you with uh, your financial management, really kind of at a high level and more of a basic level. Um, if you're looking to get into deeper financial analysis and management, again, Wealthfront, Personal Capital, I would suggest those sites over a lighter site such as Buxfer uh, or possibly Mint.com. All right. So I've talked a little bit about financial tools and financial management today, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap up that topic. I don't want it to be too boring for some folks on this show, but as always, we'd like to also help everyone out. So if you have any additional questions on uh, perhaps getting some financial advice or aligning yourself with a financial planner, uh, please do send an email to contact at frugalsnobs.com. We'll be more than happy to help you out and see if we can align you with uh, one of our contacts as well. As we've always said, be well, never pay retail, but part of being well is being able to manage your financial life as well as your personal life uh, and enjoying some of the things that we enjoy as frugal snobs. So it all fits together. It's all part of an ethos. It's all part of a philosophy. So I'll go ahead and wrap up the show uh, this week talking about a couple of updates and telling a story. So one moment. I just had to get a quick sip of coffee there. So, <clears throat> pardon me. So uh, I talked about my Starbucks Bold Roast which is delicious uh, as I'm finishing up this podcast. But I had a little bit of a run-in <laughs> at Starbucks this morning, which I like to voice my opinion about. I always have a good story on the show, so let's get to it. So this morning, um, woke up, wanted to have a very nice 4th of July holiday, got my tail out of bed this morning, grabbed a nice hot shower, but needed to wake up. So I decided to head over uh, to Starbucks while out doing some morning shopping. Uh, went over, ordered a... Uh, a short bold roast, thought I would be a little more conservative uh, this morning, <laughs> and went ahead and ordered my coffee. Um, was very surprised at a couple things. One, um, I was surprised at the pricing. Um, again, a non-franchise Starbucks, of course, can charge anything 
that it wants that long aligned with corporate. But of course, a franchise Starbucks store can charge really a kind of a carte blanche within a, a certain price range, I'm assuming, of a corporate policy of Starbucks. This um, short, bold roast, which was somewhere between 8 and 10 ounces, so a very small quantity, um, had carried quite a high price tag with it. I was a bit shocked considering just yesterday I ordered a tall, bold roast uh, at a standalone Starbucks um, in Old Town, Alexandria, for quite a bit less. I was actually expecting to pay more, given the, the area. Um, but that was kind of a disappointment this morning. So kind of want to voice my opinion, a little disappointed in that, given the pricing models by area. Um, but there is a, re- a, a redemptive or a recompensory. I like that word, everybody. Recompense. Go take a look at that word. Good word. So <laughs> there is a recompensory um, avenging quality to this story. Uh, just before this podcast, um, picked up a bold roast at a Starbucks that's literally a three-minute walk from the, the studio, and I was able to get a very nice bold roast um, in my own cup, which I also got a small discount on given the Starbucks policy, so go check that out and keep that in mind. Bring your own cup, and you'll be able to get uh, your next enjoyable hot or cold Starbucks beverage uh, for a little bit of a discount. I think it's a 10-cent discount, something like that, so nothing crazy, but hey, a discount's a discount. Um, was able to get this bold roast. I uh, was intending on a tall but uh, actually scored about a 16-ounce bold roast, so it's not too bad. Actually, I was given a little more than the standard. I'd like to thank the folks at my local Starbucks and um, really kind of provided some redemption for uh, my issue this morning. So that is my my story, folks. I am very close uh, with Starbucks to getting to my my green level and on my way to gold level or gold member status by hopefully August 1st. So then I will be able to get my free refills and, of course, maintain my membership by buying an item once a month. So, looking forward to that. That's my story, folks. So, also, wanted to throw in a couple of quick brew reviews uh, today before I wrap up on the show, give you some ideas of what's going on for the next week or so. So, this week, um, I was able to review, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, um, the Giacomo IPA. Um, not too bad. This is actually a canned offering out of Abita Springs, Louisiana. Um, really, really surprised by this beer. I, I had a lot of skepticism drinking beer from a can. Uh, typically most of the beers that I consume are in bottles, especially if they're darker beers or IPAs. Um, very good offering from, from Abita. Um, very, 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 very nice IPA. I gave it a five out of five. That's a very much a, a rare find on frugalsnobs.com on the on the blog. So the review was uh, stellar for this IPA. Best served really cold. I'd recommend serving it in a chalice um, as a standalone beer. Very sippable, very drinkable. Uh, rocks in, I believe, a six, a little over a six percent ABV. Um, was really surprised with it. Very happy and great job to Abita. Keep up the work. Uh, there in southern Louisiana and Abita Springs. Uh, and um, again, I'll be trying some additional brews from Abita Springs and from the Abita Brewing uh, coming up in the near future. So we're looking forward to that. I had, I had as much um, happiness and as much enjoyment out of the Giacomo IPA as I did out of the Lagunitas Double IPA. Amazing brew as well. Uh, very nice beer. Uh, both beers have a very nice parallel between the two. Uh, very mild. Again, the Lagunitas is a bit stronger, coming in at, I believe, over 7% ABV. Uh, decent IBUs as well. But again, the focus of the Giacomo IPA was, again, around that nice dark color, 
Very nice um, leave in the glass. Really good taste. Um, for those who are getting into IPAs, it had a very hoppy flavor to it. Um, and again, very, very nice. So before I move on to the next QBR, um, I also wanted to talk about kind of a story around IPAs for those who are not aware. Now, IPA stands for India Pale Ale. Um, I believe most people out in our, our listening audience knew that. Um, but basically, to, to, to wrap on the IPA, the reason why an IPA has a dark color and more of a hoppy taste, a thicker uh, body to it, <laughs> is because of the hoppiness uh, to the beer. So um, during the occupation of India by Great Britain, while they were colonizing India, many of the British regular troops that were sent to India uh, really had a hard time with beer. They really wanted to have a nice supply of beer to keep the military well-stocked uh, during the colonial period in India. Now, because of the journey from Great Britain to India was quite lengthy, often when kegs of beer or barrels of beer or containers of beer were shipped on typically wooden vessels to India, the beer over time would spoil just due to the trip and the climate and, of course, the conditions under which it was uh, carried or, or traveled to India. So in order to uh, provide a better beer upon arrival for the military, uh, typically, um, the Indian uh, forces there from Great Britain have also, had also requested um, a better beer for themselves. So the British brewers... Um, provided additional hops to their beer, made a thicker, darker beer such that the travel was a bit better for it, had more of a body to it. So when it arrived in India, uh, that beer would actually be better consumable, more enjoyable. And again, uh, that's also spawned itself into other pale ales across the world, including American pale ales. So, And there are differences between an Indian pale ale and an American pale ale. Now, of course, we'll save that for another episode of this show, but I wanted to give a little bit of a history lesson uh, go check out more about India Pale Ales if you're interested in IPAs. Um, they are an acquired taste, as I have said a number of times. I enjoy them quite a bit as well. Uh, they actually are my beer of choice. is typically an IPA um, or typically a stout, potentially, depending on um, my mood. I also like a porter every once in a while as well. I really enjoy the darker beers, the brown to dark, thick beers um, that are characterized by a thicker-bodied brew that has a quite a bit of hops to it. So... Again, uh, I digress. The Giacomo IPA, that review will be online very shortly at FrugalSnobs.com. Awesome brew. Now, as another QBR after my story and after my history lesson and my review of Giacomo is really on the other end of this. Um, I actually had the Lion's Head Deluxe Pilsner uh, today, uh, this morning before I recorded this podcast. Um, late morning, I went ahead and selected my beer, that being this Deluxe Pilsner from Lion's Head and Lions Brewing up in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. And, and just after noon, just a couple minutes after noon, that beer was poured. Again, consume responsibly, folks. Took a couple of sips. Now, my first impression when I first looked at this beer, very light to color. It looked almost like a light beer or a non-alcoholic beer. Um, very skeptical of it. Very light on the carbonation side. Took a few sips. Unfortunately, um, the Lion's Head Deluxe Pilsner was not impressed with it. I'm probably going to give this particular beer a two-star rating out of five stars in terms of a snob rating on my post. Um, really disappointed with it. 3.9% ABV, so relatively weak as I expected from the, the consuming of it. Um, just not a hit. Not a hit at all. Um, not very happy with it. Uh, 
for a unique beer or more of a micro-brewed beer, really expecting more body, more character, more individuality, more uniqueness, did not get it in this case. So uh, it tasted more of a commercial beer, more like a, nothing against a Yingling Light lager, but very much like a Yingling Light or a Miller Light, which I, anyone who knows me knows I will not drink Miller Light. For those of you who are in our listening uh, audience, I am sorry to those subscribers, to those listeners uh, who do like Miller Light. Um, if you're drinking Miller Lite, I suggest you also reevaluate your palate. To me, it tastes like drinking a foot. Can't stand it, don't like it, would never be served it, won't drink it at all. I would drink natural light over Miller Lite, folks. And that's going back to my college days. Okay, so um, just give you guys an idea of what I really feel, not only about Miller Lite, of course, but also about um, the Lion's Head uh, Deluxe Pilsner. And again, to the Miller Brewing Company. Uh, nothing against Miller Lite. It's just not something that I enjoy. Um, again, everyone has their own tastes. So, wrap up on that QBR. Uh, did two QBRs for you guys today. I talked about some financial tools that you can use, again, in a substitution for Eric Johnson, who, again, we're moving on from. I apologize to everyone who was looking forward to that interview this week. Unfortunately, Eric could not join us, and we're moving on to other guests. So, to get to that here, I said earlier in the episode I would discuss how you can become a guest on this particular show. Uh, if you like what you hear, you'd like to be part of uh, our podcast, uh, by all means, you can certainly uh, request to be a guest. Now, there's a different option for doing that. We're taking a different approach, just like with the Amazon links here. We're taking a different approach when it comes down to being a podcast guest. Now, as I had mentioned before... Um, you have the ability to request becoming a podcast guest by going to frugalsnobs.com, clicking on contact, and using our contact form uh, to submit your request to become a podcast guest. As long as you select become a podcast guest or be a podcast guest from the contact reason drop-down menu on the contact form, we thought we'd make it a little easier for us and also help ourselves out in the process. So let me explain what we're going to be doing. We're going to be teaming up with Fiverr.com. That's F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Fiverr is a pretty interesting site, and what it does is it allows you to put out ads for doing a number of different services or performing a number of different services. Obviously, all PG legal here, folks. Family-friendly show, family-friendly environment, family-friendly environment for Fiverr as well. Um, a number of services can be performed on Fiverr. You can put up a post, and for five bucks, a number of services can be performed, and you as a consumer, as part of the Fiverr community, can actually purchase those services from a vendor. So what we've done is we've put up a couple of different Fiverr posts, and the, the two posts we have out there for, that relate to this podcast are for five bucks. Uh, we will um, consider having you on our podcast. We'll hold a pre-screening call, discuss a topic with you for sound quality and content, and again, we'll have you on our show, and again, that will only cost you five bucks for a 30-minute slot with us. We'll prepare questions for you. We'll be able to syndicate that content out to our, our subscriber and listener community. Um, and again, for uh, five bucks, we'll be able to do a 30-minute uh, slot with a guest each and every single week. We're hoping that entices some folks uh, to register with us as well and to express some interest. And again, for a small additional fee, we also would not mind providing a, a biography of each guest uh, on the site. And we'll also give you a mention of your project or a, a topic you're related with in our show notes. <laughs> so... Um, now, the other item that we have out there as well is we will actually do a number of mentions. I don't like ad copy on this show. I like to keep it completely organic. But if you do have a financial tool or you are involved with a project uh, that is related to some of the 
philosophical areas that we cover on this show, whether it be lifestyle or culture, snobbing, financial management, etc. If you're involved with a project or have a philosophy around that and you have a, a, a product or a service that you would like to have mentioned on our show, we will discuss that with you in terms of having a, a mention of your product or service on our show. Again, five bucks and you'll get up to six mentions. That's one mention per show for six weeks, or we can pepper in those mentions uh, over, let's say, a, quarter, a quarterly basis. So six mentions, let's say over a quarter, that's typically every other week. So you'll have a mention there. You'll have six mentions for five bucks. So not too terribly bad, a pretty decent deal out there. We may be upping that to $10 for six mentions. Um, so do take a look at Fiverr to check that out. Now, let me explain here why we're um, focusing on a paid model for being a podcast guest or for having a mention on this show. Providing this show is free to all subscribers. Okay, We try our best to provide a, a freemium model uh, to everyone, whether it be for paid content or free content. Now, from Frugal Snobs, you will be seeing some additional paid content going out in the near future with a subscriber model in terms of the blog. Now, for this podcast, it's a free model for everyone. A subscriber has the option to listen to and subscribe to this podcast on a number of different uh, outlets um, every single week. But to keep that free for our subscribers and for our listeners, uh, we are linking up with Amazon, with Fiverr, to really generate some additional income to really help us uh, cover production costs of the show. Production costs for the show are not free, everyone. So, nor, nor is the time that we spend on, in post and developing the show. We'd really like to um, have your support, and whether that be as a podcast guest, uh, for which in return we'll provide additional information, we'll mention you in the show notes, we'll syndicate the content through the number of different outlets that we put the work into becoming part of, um, or if you'd like a mention on this show, yes, it will be a paid model, only because we, we really like to start to collect some, some sort of revenue or some sort of income for the show to generate uh, in order to bring the show to you each and every week and to alleviate some of the costs associated with production. So um, we really appreciate the help, the support, uh, the finances that go into this <coughs> particular show. Um, from our side, are being outlaid by us, so the ability to help us out, whether it be through Amazon or, uh, you know, again, paying for airtime on this show or for mentions on the show, really help us out. Um, it's not a lot, folks. It's a very small amount, and all we're asking is that uh, you help us out from time to time to keep this uh, show free for everyone who enjoys it each and every week. So, on that note, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this show. I've talked a lot, had a lot to say, spoke really quickly on the show. I assume it's the bold roast, everybody. So, First, I wanted to say I'd like to wish once again everyone a very happy 4th of July holiday weekend. Hope you're enjoying it. Be safe. Um, and again, I, I really do wish everyone a very happy and safe holiday. Hope you're enjoying the weekend. Um, you can always find us, as always, at frugalsnobs.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash frugalsnobs, on Twitter at twitter.com slash frugalsnobs, or at frugalsnobs. You can also use the hashtag, hashtag frugalsnobs, uh, to identify the trends or help us trend topics that we're discussing. You can also find us on Tumblr at frugalsnobs.tumblr.com, on StumbleUpon as well. And as always, this show is available to you through the Blueberry Network, through Miro, on the site at podcast.frugalsnobs.com organically. Or, of course, as always, we're absolutely free on iTunes. And we're hoping to come to Stitcher in the very near future. Again, until next week, be well and never pay retail. Take care, everybody, and we'll see you down the road. Thanks a lot.